Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome to Drop Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Janne Toivonen, and today, my friend, I have the absolute pleasure to introduce another guest to the show as we start gearing up towards the upcoming NHL trade deadline. I'm going to be making a totally separate episode which focuses on all the trades and waiver claims that we are going to see in the next coming days, so this as well as the next upcoming episode will take you out of the craziness of the NHL trade deadline. But if you want to stay in touch with all the moves throughout the week, I would highly suggest you to go check out the podcast IG page at the drop underscore pass, there I will be uploading every major move that goes down within the next week. So go press the follow button to not miss out on any major headlines, but other than that, we are pretty much set for our next guest. And before we jump to the interview itself, we have to hear a few words from our show sponsors, but after that, it will be full on automatic fire from there on out. So grab some snacks and enjoy the following interview. Without further ado, let's get going. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NBA. This week new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. So go download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. It's been a minute since we've seen our last guest on this show, but today that is going to change. And I have the honor to introduce another individual to you from the professional hockey scene. This Yale Hockey Academy prep school product started this WHL journey in Ledbridge. And after two full seasons, he made his real breakthrough by putting up 67 points in 63 games and was drafted by the Detroit Red Wings later that same year. Last year, though, his journey with the Hurricanes came to its end and he was traded back to his old stomping grounds in the West Coast, where he suited up for his hometown Vancouver Giants. But once that season was over, this slick skating blue line catalyst decided that it was time for new challenges and was headed across the big ocean where he found his new home in northern Savonia, where he has proudly represented the bear jersey and has kept the crowds alive in Cancamonto with his smooth skills. But his over point per game pace strongly suggests that bigger circles are ahead of him, so you may want to put this guy down on your notes because you could be surprised once he steps up to the next level of professional hockey. Ladies and gentlemen, it is an absolute pleasure to introduce our next guest to the show, 
from Langley, British Columbia, number 28, Alex Jerry Cotton. Welcome, Alex. How are you doing, bud? Good. How are you? I'm good now that you're here. It's a pleasure to have you on. How have you settled? Yeah, it's just uh, like a little bit at the start, but um, no, it's, no, it's pretty easy to, easy to go throughout my day. Have you experienced any major culture shocks since arriving here? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, at the start, mostly like obviously language is a lot different and even like the living's a little bit different just in terms of maybe the size or the, the utilities and stuff like that are, are different from, from what they are at home. And also the food was a bit different at the start as well, but I've adjusted to that pretty easily. I've adjusted to everything. So now, now I'm pretty much good. Okay. Has it been more like a takeaway food or have you made it yourself uh-huh. since then? No, like I make it myself sometimes. Sometimes I'll go out to eat. There's a couple of good uh, burger places here. So um, I go there sometimes. Lots of snacks, lots of, lots of candy. So I love candy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the secret recipe. Um, I like to start these interviews right from the start. So could you tell us how your hockey journey started? Like, did you born with skates on as most Canadians or was the beginning a bit different to that uh no yeah for sure i think um first i would think i was three years old when i first put on skates and it took me like parents said it took me like a day for me to be able to like not need help anymore to be able to skate um obviously it just came super natural and it was a thing that that i had family members doing as well my my brother was He's seven years older than I am, but he was like the main reason I wanted to try hockey was just because he was doing it. Uh, also, he wanted to be a goalie, actually, and I wanted to be a goalie. So my mom said no to that because it's a little expensive. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it started. And then I played my minor hockey throughout Langley, um, which is where I'm from. It's kind of just a city outside of Vancouver. And then um, from there, I moved on to Yale, played a few years there, had success in my last year, and then moved on to Lethbridge. First year was not, not good at all. It was not what I wanted it to be at all. But went back that summer, had a pretty good summer, worked on my body a lot, and uh, went back the next year. And then that's kind of, that was a year that I blew up a little bit. And then um, from there, Played another year in Lethbridge during our COVID year. We only played, I think, 24 games. Um, and then also after that, that's when I got traded back home to Vancouver. Had a really good start there. And then stuff happened throughout the team. And kind of went downhill a little bit, but we made playoffs and we made a good push. And then, yeah, now, now I'm in East Alameda playing, playing here. Well, we will bite into those things later on. but. I already brought up your offensive instincts and skating ability, but how would you describe your game style to people who might not be that familiar with your game? Yeah, I think I'd say I'm an offensive defenseman who likes to likes to create and um, shoot the puck a lot. I still think my skating needs a little bit of work. I have pretty good edges. I think that's why my my skating is where it is right now. Um, uh, yeah, I just look 
good first pass out of the out of the D zone. I can break myself out. And yeah, I just need to uh, work on the defensive side of the game to complete my whole game. Well, like I mentioned, you headed to Yale in 2015, where you got to play with studs Dylan Cousins and Bowen Byram, and eventually ended up in Lethbridge with Cousins afterwards. So, did you sense that these guys were going to be special already back in those days, or was it still in question if they would become as big as they currently are? Yeah, I think uh, I think Byram for sure. Like it was pretty evident that that you knew what his career path was for sure. I think uh, even at that young age, he was so far above everybody else so um he was pretty easy to to uh see where he was going but cousins at that age was honestly just like a really tall skinny guy like he was good uh he was a good player but he wasn't kind of like he it was still up in the air whether he was gonna be a complete player or not and then yeah like you said i went to Lethbridge with cousins and when he went there it was pretty after his rookie season, it was pretty evident um, that that he was going to have a career in the NHL. And are you still close with those guys? Yeah, uh, Byram a little less so, but Cousins is like my best friend. I was uh, uh, I talked to him every day. So, well, how did you feel about his new extension? Yeah, no, obviously it's good. It's it's just it's funny because I know him, so it's just crazy to think that he's making that sort of money. But it's just. Uh, I mean, I'm happy for him. I'm going to be his cheerleader for his whole career. So, well, that's certainly a hobby on the side, if that yeah. is what he what you are going to focus on. But um, if my sources are correct, you were a fifth round pick in the WHL draft in 2016. So, could you say that you were a late bloomer in essence, or was there something else behind that? Because the following year, you became the highest scoring defenseman in the league in Yale. Yeah, I think. Uh... I think there I was a pretty small kid. Um, I think I was only around five three, five four at the start of the year, um, and then I grew a couple inches, like five six. But that's, I mean, five six is a pretty small defenseman. So I wouldn't say what got me drafted was my season uh, with Yale. I didn't think that it was it was good. It wasn't good at all, to be honest. Uh, we had we did win the championship, but personally, in terms of uh, what I wanted to do, it wasn't good. Um, but we have this tournament called, uh, BC cup, which is kind of like, uh, all like the WHL potential prospects within BC have like a little tournament type thing. And that I went there and I played really well there. So I think that's where I kind of got a little bit of exposure and then that's what led to me, um, getting picked there. But yeah, I'd say I was a late bloomer. Was the college route ever an option for you? No, not for me. Maybe my mom, but uh, no, not for me. I didn't, wasn't really a whole fan of the balancing school and hockey part. I just wanted to focus on one thing that I liked. So, did it take time for you to adjust to the WHL tempo, or was it more the physical side that needed the adjusting? Uh, no, my first year for sure, I had to adjust to everything. It's just a completely different, different level of hockey, uh, to be honest at that point um yeah i think the the main part for me was physically my body would just wasn't wasn't ready to be able to play that many games within a season and perform my best every single game so i think when i went home that summer that was the thing i'm focused on the most uh for the next year coming up 
Well, in your second full season, you really took off and finished the season as the top blue line producer in the league with 67 points from 63 games. Did something just click or did you always feel like you had that in you because of your great success in the CSSHL? Um, obviously, after that season in, in the CSSHL, it gave me a little bit of confidence, like knowing that I'm still what I say I am and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think when I went home in that summer, like I went from like 18% body fat down to 5%. And I was just uh, in really good shape and really strong. And everything kind of just fell into place. We had a pretty good team that year. So it was uh, that helped that helped a, a good amount. But I think I just still kind of did what I usually do. Um, but that hard work in the summer is kind of what paid off. So came back as a lean, mean machine. Yeah. Did you get any additional boost as well from the fact that you didn't get picked to the NHL when it was possible for the first time? Uh, to be honest, like, obviously I was a little upset that, like, I wouldn't say upset, but like, kind of just, you see your buddies going and it'd be cool that if you went, so. But at the same time, like, I knew that the season that I had wasn't, wasn't good enough to get drafted in the nhl so that next following year uh, when i blew up it was kind of at the start of the year i kind of told myself like this is my draft year and i'm going to treat this as my draft year because it's kind of my last chance to be able to get drafted then finally came today when you got your name called as the 132nd player overall in the draft and by no other than the detroit red wings of course, I gotta ask, what were the first emotions when you heard that the Wings were selected? You, yeah, obviously, um, it was like a lot of emotions. I think uh, we were kind of just at home because it was it was during COVID, so we were at home with my family just watching the TV, and uh, it was just like a surreal moment. Really, I kind of saw my name pop up on the screen, and it was just like your dream came true. To be honest. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just hugged my parents and stuff. And uh, yeah, I didn't really know what to think in that moment, to be honest. Who was the first person that called you from their organization? Uh, it was Chris Draper. The legend himself. Yeah. Did you talk to a lot of teams or was it clear that the Wings were going to grab you? Yeah, I actually like talked to throughout that season, like almost every single team. Um, but no, like, Detroit wasn't really vocal that much uh, leading up to the draft. So I didn't really think that that was a possible spot. I had a few other teams that were a lot more vocal with my agent and I. So, um, but no, obviously, like when it's that, that type of thing, it doesn't really matter where you go at the end of the day. It's just about the accomplishment. So yeah, it was, it was, it was cool uh, when I ended up in Detroit and I was just super happy. Did you have any memorable draft interview moments? Uh, I think I had this like one interview it, it, with like Detroit, um, like the Detroit news, like news or whatever. And I think that was that was pretty cool. Just kind of like them showing Detroit, like kind of what happened in the hockey scene, you know? Did you ever get to meet Mr. Iserman? Yeah, I did actually. Funny story. The first time I met him, we were in uh, Traverse City for the rookie tournament, and uh, we were kind of just 
few few of us were just stretching on the in the dressing room after the game and he walked in and it was just kind of he has this like aura around him type thing where he walks in a room and everybody kind of just stops and stares and waits for kind of like what he what he's going to say um but it took the opportunity to get up and i went and sh- shook his hand and it was just like i mean he's an absolute legend so it was pretty uh it was a pretty cool moment and that must have been a huge confidence boost to you to first of all finish the season like you did and then getting picked by the red wings so were you able to stay grounded and keep working hard because that surely ain't that easy for many other players yeah it was for sure i think uh obviously it just kind of motivates you even more and um yeah i stayed grounded and i just kind of did the same thing i did the summer before and tried to gain a little bit of weight and uh get ready for camp how about rookie and training camps what kind of experiences were those for you yeah those were uh those were unreal for sure i think more so towards the end at the start obviously you walk in and you see regardless of even if it's a game jersey you see a practice nhl jersey with your name and number and stuff and it's kind of cool they kind of give you just random numbers i think i wore 84 so it was a different different number for me for sure um but yeah move, moving forward kind of I, st- i was there for a really long time so I, I got in a couple preseason games and I mean that experience was absolutely I mean you're basically in the NHL like that's kind of what it feels like and it's uh that whole kind of section of the camp was unbelievable what were the biggest names that you got to know or at least play with everybody uh Larkin Raymond Sider honestly everybody on their team I was on the ice with so playing games with and stuff so it was uh It was pretty fun. Did you get to know some of the fans or was it full on suites, which is a custom for the franchise? No, it was mostly mostly uh mostly Swedes. I didn't really I didn't I didn't meet any fans there. After getting drafted, you ended up playing few games in the HAHL. So what was the reason behind that bill? Um that was during our COVID year and had a our lead the WHL just wasn't playing games at that point. So and I was just kind of like a sitting duck at home after a long summer just wanting to play. And mentally it was pretty tough. So I think I just went there to kind of be able to feel what a season feels like again and like hang around the boys and stuff like that to to help my my skills and stuff and my and my mental state. So that was uh that was the reason behind that. And during your last WHL campaign, you were included in a pretty sizable deal where you were traded to the Vancouver Giants. So what were your initial thoughts when you learned that you were heading back home, so to say? Yeah, I think it was uh bittersweet to say the last, I think. Um Lethbridge was my play like was my home for three and a half, four years. Um I kind of grew up there. You kind of spend your growing up years there. So it was kind of It definitely had a place in my heart for sure. Um, but obviously if I was gonna get traded, going back home was definitely a good uh like one of the spots. So going back home and my family being able to watch me play every every single game instead of maybe being busy and not be able to watch and stuff like that. So that was cool and I never I've never played at home before, so that was also cool kind of being the hometown kid. 
That year you made it to the playoffs but ended up losing to a stacked Blazers team on the second round. So how big of a letdown was that? Because you alongside Fabian Lucell, Jack Ostapchuk and Adam Hall just started to heat up at that point. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I wouldn't even say it was a letdown to be honest. Uh, when I guess, I guess when we, when I first got traded there, the team that we had was really, really, really good. I think, uh, when I first got there, we went on like a six game win streak and all of us were just like putting up a ton of points and stuff like that. So it was, it was, uh, at that point, I kind of thought that it was, it was going to be, we were going to be like kind of like Kamloops, one of the, like, or, or Everett, like one of the top teams and, and we are going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, but unfortunately trades were made and stuff like that. So didn't really end up that way, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't really say it was a letdown. We, we barely made the playoffs. I think, um, like we were down to one of the last teams to make it in. And I mean, after that first series, knocking out and knocking out a first seed, that's, that was a big, big accomplishment for us. And I think, it gave us confidence going in against Camus and it just didn't work out the same way. Well, I already mentioned for you guys, but you also got to play alongside Justin Sordiff, Fabian Lucell, as I said, and Ostap Jack. So what was it like to play with those studs? Yeah, I mean, obviously I played with guys at their caliber before, so it was nothing new to me, but it was it was obviously uh super encouraging and good for me to be able to play with guys like that in my last season. And just like people they are off the ice, obviously those are all good guys and uh, they'll all be friends of mine throughout my life. So, I mean, me and Swords talk all the time. Me and Turkey talk all the time. Bob is a little, he's European, so he's, he does his own thing sometimes. But uh, yeah, no, he's a funny, he's a funny character. And um, yeah, no, it was good to play with those guys uh, for my last year. And he's having a great year in Providence as well. Yeah, he's... Uh, I honestly think I've said this might be a little bit of a hot take, but I've said this um, to a numerous amount of people. And I think he might be one of the only players that I've ever seen or like met or anything that I could genuinely compare to like McDavid in terms of the way that they play the game. Um, that kid takes the puck and he'll go back into his own end. He'll go end to end like it's nothing just because of how good of a skater he is. So, yeah, it might be a bit of a hot take, but that's my that's my hot take hot take of the day. Fabian uh, Lysel's Connor McDavid 2.0. I wouldn't probably go as far as you, but I'm, <laughs> I'm for sure Fabian Lysel fan as well. So we're yeah, on that same boat. Yeah, he's a he's a good, he's an unbelievable player. And since you spent your days in the WHL, I also got to ask about another player called Connor Bedard. What was it like to play against him? I actually never got to play against him in a game because I think the year, it was like the, the first year I played, like when I was 18, he wasn't in the league yet. I don't think. But the next year was like the COVID season. So we actually only got to play teams in Alberta where we were kind of located. So we didn't get to go to Saskatchewan and Regina and play, play there. But I've skated with him in the summers because uh, he's from Vancouver as well. So 
I've skated with him in the summers and I've seen him before. So I kind of already knew what the deal was there. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a generational talent. He's going to obviously have a super long career in the NHL. Maybe this isn't much of a hot take, but he's definitely up there with the McConnor McDavid's of the world uh, in terms of hockey. So he's, uh, I mean, his career is kind of already solidified. So he's just uh, getting ready, getting ready to start it. I was just about to ask you another hot take. So do you think that he will be better than McDavid? See, like, honestly, I think McDavid's the best hockey player the world has ever seen. Like, you could say Gretzky and all these guys, but it's when you put it in, obviously, it's a different era and stuff like that. But when you put everything into account, like Connor McDavid is the best hockey player that the world has ever seen. So I'm going to say no, I don't think he'll be as good as Connor McDavid, but I do think he'll be a star uh, in the NHL, just as like Connor McDavid. You also had few tilts during those days and people can find them from the internet. So were those part of your game or more just a heat of a moment kind of things? Yeah, no, that's uh, completely not my game. So if you don't know who I am, that's not what I do. I don't fight. Um, Actually, I have a really funny story about the second one. But the first, the first one was kind of just what happened was like we had a little scrum in front of the bench, and a guy grabbed me and started kind of just like punching me with his gloves and stuff. And I mean, I'm not a fighter, so the one of the linesmen was kind of in between us, and he asked if we were going to fight, and I was like, no, like I'm not going to fight. And then the other guy kind of just dropped his gloves, so it was almost just like instinct or kind of just oh like i guess we're fighting now type thing and yeah i think I, that one actually went pretty well that was that was a cool cool moment i got i mean i got kicked out because i think my fighting strap wasn't on so that shows that i'm not a fighter um but yeah like the boys reaction coming into the room after the game type thing was cool and the, and the coach's reaction was cool so but the second fight was uh this is a funny story actually not not many people know about this um i actually forgot so this is during my rookie season obviously i actually forgot my skates to that game so we were <laughs> we were we uh sometimes we'd practice off-site like not at our rink um so we'd have to like bring our gear home sometimes and so we brought our gear home and i guess when I was packing my bag in like the morning that we left, I just left my skates in the garage or whatever. Um, so I get like a text or I get like a picture from my billet mom and like, we're on the road, like probably an hour into us being on the road, going to red deer. And, uh, it was a picture of my skates and I was like, and I just like dropped, like my heart just dropped because I was a rookie and I'm still like, not like, I'm not playing every game. Like I'm getting scratched sometimes. Like I wanted to like, play every game and forgetting your skates is just not the way to do that so i was a little scared but my billet sister who we actually had uh cousins was actually my billet brother so we had three billet sisters but one only lived with us two were older so they lived in different cities and one was from edmonton and she was visiting that week that we went and played there and it happened to be like the day that she was going home was the day we were going to red deer And uh, before the game started, so the boys knew that I knew that I forgot my skates. The coaches didn't know, but the boys knew that I forgot my skates. So 
they went to Brett Davis, who was a guy that played in Lethbridge when he was uh, 16 and a little bit when he was 17. And I met him uh, at camp when I was 15, like a guy or whatever. So they went up to him because he just wanted to fight. I guess he was having a tough season. So he was pissed off wanting to fight. And they went up to him and they said that I forgot my skates. So they came up to me and said that I won't get fined if, if I have to, if I fight this guy. So I was like, I mean, I was like, okay, like obviously a rookie, you don't get much money. So you had to, I didn't really want to pay a fine. So I had to, um, fight. So yeah, literally, I think it was like a minute and a half into the game. I got my first shift and it was just right off the bat. We just said that we were going to fight each other. So it was just, we just like, dude, we just fought and then it was funny. He actually got traded to us later in that season. And, uh, we ended up being like best friends. And so it's kind of a funny situation, but, uh, yeah, that's the story. I actually didn't, that second fight was not in terms of anything except me not wanting to get fined. So, yeah. Inclusive story. Yeah. So more of a lover than a fighter. Yeah, no, not a fighter at all. Okay. Well, then it was time to take the next step. So what were your options and how you ended up deciding to head to Finland? Yeah, I think, um, obviously my first option was still trying to sign an NHL deal. Uh, and I thought I could kind of after the playoff run that we had. So first that was kind of my, my options were trying to find a place that wanted to sign me. And there are, there were some interests, but it just obviously didn't work out. So we didn't, North America wasn't an option. I didn't want to uh, play kind of just on an AHL contract. My goal was to sign an NHL contract, then play in the A. So yeah, after that kind of fell through, it was just, I asked my agent about Europe because I've, I had a trainer that played in Germany um, for his career and he said he loved it. So I asked uh, my agent about Europe and we uh, had some deals or whatever. And then this deal came up and kind of just signed it. So that's kind of what happened there. Okay. Did you contact anyone who had some knowledge about the hockey leagues here or was it a unanimous decision to head here? No, it was unanimous. Like it was just, I knew that the, the the style of hockey was a little bit different, a little bit more offensive type way, and the ice is bigger and stuff like that. But I didn't really contact anyone to learn anything about it further. I kind of just went with the flow type thing. Okay. Well, I was just about to ask what were the biggest differences you noticed between the NA and the European style? Yeah, no, I'd say for sure. I think it's more offensive. Uh, just as a D-man, obviously forwards are supposed to do offense, but defense for defensemen, I think in North America, it's a lot about staying back and playing your position. And uh, here they like to involve everybody on the ice a lot more. So um, that was that was a difference for sure. And then, uh, yeah, obviously, like I said, the ice was, was, was a big difference. Um, and kind of the, the way you have to defend and stuff like that was was different so a little bit to get used to at the start but now that i'm used to it it's uh it's pretty fun so would you say that the bigger eye suits you better and the play still yeah for sure i think um i did talk to a few few friends about coming here when i when i signed and that's all 
kind of what they said is that it's going to fit my play style a lot better than it, than North America does. But I want to get to one of those top leagues where, where it's a little bit more defensive because that's what I need to work on. And uh, I know that. So hopefully I can work on that and then uh, go back to North America. Well, like I said, you've been lights out this year offensively, but which aspects in your game do you think have improved the most since coming to Finland? Yeah, I'd say defensively I have improved. Um, I'm still where it's still a work in progress for sure. I think the main thing for me is I need to get stronger and I think that all fall into place. Um, but yeah, I think I haven't really scored a lot from the point, like up top on the blue line in my career. Usually it's about creeping in and backdoor and stuff like that. So I think this year I've actually scored a few amount and created a few, a few amount of chances, chances for my shot up top. So that's, that's improved for me this year for sure. And would you say that you are satisfied with your current results or do you feel that there's still more to give? Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't expect for me to do as well as I was doing when I first came here, just because it was my first year pro and stuff like that. So I kind of just, again, was going to go with the flow and just see what happens. But after I started realizing that I'm, that I'm a producer in this league, I kind of just kept trying to do I'm trying to do that throughout, throughout uh, game through game. And what is the overall feeling inside the locker room? Are you guys geared up for a long spring season? Uh, yeah, for sure. I think we're confident in our abilities. We just, uh, our last game, we just beat Espo, which is the best team in the league right now. So, I mean, that gave us a lot of confidence. And I think earlier in the season, we were winning a lot. And uh, we we know that what we're capable of. So, yeah, I think... Uh, Yeah, we're we're geared up for for a good long playoff run. Okay, then a little bit about your new hometown. Has it taken time for you to adjust to a small town lifestyle? Uh, I'd say like it took a little bit, but I mean, Lethbridge isn't a big isn't the biggest town either compared to Vancouver and Langley. So I got used to playing in in a small town vibe for for right years in junior. So I was a little bit used to it. Obviously not this small, like I said, but kind of the whole hockey's the number one thing here and and stuff like that is all the same. So it was pretty easy to adapt uh, in that sense. Well, how do you usually spend your free time there? Um, honestly, like like you said, it's small town, so there's not much to do here. Um, mainly, I just come home and and try and relax and take care of my body for the next day, but. Uh, Sometimes there's restaurants to go out to and stuff like that that I go eat and stuff. Um, obviously, I have to go do the grocery shop and think of like a like a normal adult and stuff like that. So that's kind of what I get up to in my free time. I don't do much. I kind of just relax. I also heard that you are a morning person. So has the internal darkness affected that, or has the change <laughs> been a walk in the park for you? Oh my gosh, Bella, you're a jokester. Um. Yeah, I mean, honestly, honestly, I am actually a morning person. Like, it's super easy for me to, uh, once I get up, I guess, it's super easy for me to have energy and, and stuff like that. But yeah, I've I've had a couple instances this year where it's it's been tough getting up. I think, first time, I think I got a credit to the time change. Uh, took me a little while to, to adjust to that. But other than that, no, th- those are my mistakes. And uh Hopefully those don't happen again. 
Well, what are your goals for the future this season and beyond that? Um, yeah, I mean, this season, obviously, you want to win a championship. That's the biggest goal of all. So that's kind of what, what we're focused on right now. But personally, next year, like I said, I want to play in Liga or a top league in Europe and uh, show that I show that I'm able to to play with those guys and then hopefully have a couple of good years there and then move back to North America and, and uh, start my career there. Okay. Well, the following question is going to be, what would be your dream outcome for the future? Yeah, obviously dream outcome would be Liga next season, be one of the top producing defensemen in that league. And uh, hopefully defense will, will improve next year showing scouts and coaches that I'm able to be trusted in both ends of the ice. And then, yeah, obviously, and dream-wise, I think by the age of 25, I want to be back in North America and uh, have signed an NHL deal playing in the A or playing in, uh, playing in the NHL. Have you ever had doubts about hockey becoming your primary lifestyle or has there been a career path that would interest you after you've seen the whole deck when it comes to hockey? Oh, uh, there are some things obviously that I like outside of hockey that I take interest in, but no, I think mainly for me, hockey's been my whole life ever since it started. So uh, I never had a doubt that hockey wanted to be, that I wanted hockey to be my number one priority and number one job. So that's kind of the way I look at it. How about injuries? Have you been able to avoid them? Like major ones? Uh, major ones, yes. I've had plenty of little injuries. Um, but yes, uh, major ones I have been able to avoid. Okay, that's good. Do you otherwise follow hockey a lot? Or what's your own manner of approach on that subject? Yeah, I do. Um, I look at... I mean, here I actually don't have TV TV. So I have NHL.com and stuff like that. So I watch some NHL games here and there. and and look at all the highlights and stuff. So yeah, I'm a, no, I'm a big hockey guy. I like seeing what, what other defensemen do at that level just to kind of compare myself to them. And yeah, I'd say, I'd say I'm, I'm a big hockey guy. And is the Canucks still your team or did that change once you got drafted? No, actually the Canucks were never my team. Um, even though I'm from there, they were, they were never my team. Obviously hometown team, you, you got to cheer for them when you have to cheer for them. But uh, my favorite team growing up was was Toronto. And then, yeah, I mean, when I got drafted, obviously my favorite team was Detroit just because of that whole scene. But growing up as a fan, my, my, my team was always Toronto. So, Any particular players from there that you cheered on? Um, no, honestly, I don't even know. I can't even tell you why why I started liking them or why I do like them now still. But uh, no, they're I've just always been a fan of them. Um, maybe because when I was young, I liked their jerseys or something. But uh, the player I grew up kind of modeling and trying to be like was Scott Niedermeyer. He's my favorite player to ever play. Um, that's why 27 is actually my favorite number. I have a tattooed on, I literally have a tattooed on my back. So he's kind of the one guy that I wanted to be like growing up was, was him. So. And the last question related to hockey, what is your prediction for this year's Stanley Cup winner? <sighs> Toronto has yeah, made like, some big moves. 
Yeah, see, I'd like it to be Toronto. I'm not going to lie. I honestly think if I'm going to be GM here, I think that their goaltending isn't good enough. I mean, a safe bet is Boston, obviously, the way that they're playing right now. I mean, they're oh, it's not even close that they're the best team in the league, and they literally just made a trade to get even better. So uh, that's a pretty pretty good one, I'd say. Honestly, like a team like Tampa Bay, like they just like always have a chance of winning. I feel like um, they've had the same team for numerous amounts of years now. So their chemistry is there and uh, they have the experience. So maybe Tampa Bay, Boston or Toronto. Those are my those are my takes. So not a not specific one. No, 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 I don't have. If I was going to pick one, if I had to pick one. I'd probably say Boston. Well, let's go with the bees. And before yeah. we move to the last bit of the interview, I want to ask, is there something else besides hockey that you enjoy? Sports, books, movies, or something like that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think movies, obviously, it's just kind of like a kind of a staple. But it's actually, it might sound a little weird, but I like watching uh, house shows. Uh, kind of just like, We have this channel back home. It's called HGTV, and it's kind of just about like families going to buy houses in places like they've kind of never been before, kind of like all around Europe or wherever they're from, kind of different things like that. And I kind of like seeing the different culture and how houses are made. And I guess recently I'm watching a house show that kind of shows like the most extraordinary houses throughout the world and kind of weird takes and looks on houses from architects so it's uh that's kind of a thing that that i like um outside of hockey yeah i'd probably say that's the number one thing for sure okay and then we will head to the last portion of the interview the fan favorites the snapshots and the trifecta so first alex i will throw at you questions with quick succession so you are going to need to be on your toes for this one And don't worry, the questions will be along the lines of your favorite video game, book, etc. But we need intuitive answers, so time is of the essence here. You got that? Yes. So, first one. Shadow back check or change after a turnover? Change after a turnover. Most superstitious teammate you've ever had? Brad Morrison. Go-to dish a la Chef Cotton tacos bench press or bicep curl bicep curl skinny dipping or ice swimming skinny dipping most skillful player you've ever played with maybe in my if you had to listen to one artist for the rest of your life who would it be morgan wallen tug or beanie tug name one attribute That you would steal from one of your teammates? Oh, uh, Noel Fiotala's skating. Molson Canadian or Colonel Sandals? Oh, Sandals. <laughs> no Not brainer. Even Not even a question. And the last one, your celebrity crush? Ariana Grande. And then we move on to the last section of this interview, the trifecta. So there are three different scenarios and you need to select three of your former or present teammates 
to be your partner in each category and only one for okay. each. So choose wisely and remember to explain your picks as well. Understood. Okay. The scenarios are first one, two week hiking trip to Norwegian mountain range. The second one road trip across the States by car. And the last one, your travel guide to Bangkok. First one, I would say past or present teammates, right? Mm -hmm. Hiking trip. I'd say Dylan Cousins uh, because he's from the Yukon and that's all he does is hike. Um, so he'd probably know a little bit, a little bit more than me about that whole situation. And I think it'd be a good time just because we're best friends. So I think I'd pick him for that. Sorry, what was the second one? Road trip across the states by car. This is going to be oh, that's tough. Um, again, I'd I'd, I'd say I'd say Kalen Addison because he's not much of a talker. So I think we we would have we'd save what we have to what we have to say to each other for the right times. And I think again, we're best friends, so that's probably what you need for for a trip like that. Just enjoying last, the landscape. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> And then the last, what was the last one, sorry? Your travel guide to Bangkok. Travel guide. Travel guide. Have to be an English player because can't be European because he just wouldn't know what he's doing. Hmm. Travel guide. I'd probably say Ty Nash. And the reason I say this is just because he's jokes. Like He's just super funny. And I think uh, I think maybe that that would be the best for me is having having a travel guide that you can just joke around with and stuff like that, and while he's showing you around uh, around Bangkok. So shout out to those guys. Yeah. But there you have it, folks. I have to say that it was a pleasure to meet you, Alex, and thank you so much for coming on to the show. Do you have any final words for the listeners before we sign off for today? Uh, no, just, just thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Uh, make sure you support Yali here and, um, yeah, that's about it. And if people want to follow your social media, where can they find you? Um, so Instagram it's at Alex cotton with two N's at the end. And then for Twitter, my account is at cotton 27, 2001. But I wish you good luck for the remainder of the season and I hope to see you guys raise the cup at the end of it. Thank you, yeah, thank you so, so much, much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This time of the year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. You know, things like going to the gym consistently and trying to get rid of junk food, but most of us know that those promises tend to fall on their faces sooner rather than later in the long run. But I've actually found that the smallest changes to your routines can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be a part of a big change, if it's something you actually use every day. Just like my Raycon earbuds. Raycon is a premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, 
low latency gaming headphones or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycons got you covered. And yeah, Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't even have to choose between products, you can get one of each, or a pair, or a spare. And still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. And for example, I have multiple. I use their earbuds pretty much every day since they are so comfortable and easy to use that it doesn't matter if I'm at the gym or doing some chores, the sound quality is always premium, while my other headset is reserved for my gaming setup, which enables me to hear all the small audio cues and footsteps when I rely on my hearing the most. And even if you know you love the Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now and pay later options, and every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. So if you're ready to buy something small with a big impact, go to buyraycon.com thpn today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com thpn to score 15% off. buyraycon.com thpn Thank you once again, Alex, for joining the show. It was great to hear his story and what the future might hold for this talented individual, but now it is time to close the book for this week. And as I said, the sole trade deadline episode is coming for all you NHL junkies, so sit tight and enjoy the upcoming craziness. But before we pack our bag, I also have to mention that next week, again, we will have another voice on the sound waves, so Really make sure that you stop by because it will feature another former NHL name and I will guarantee you that you will enjoy that episode as well. That will be all though for this week. I hope you enjoyed and before you forget, put down a notification on your phone for next Monday so that you don't happen to miss the upcoming episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have an awesome week ahead of you. Stay tuned. Stay safe. Until next time. Alright.